0: It's time for part two, Prohibition Boogaloo. It's time to talk about how Prohibition became the law of the land and how it made us all criminals. Don't worry about a password for this speakeasy. Just come in and have a drink before the revenuers catch us.
1: To have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Who gets a standing belly clap for that intro, read?
3: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) That's the best intro we've had. Like, perfect read, Casey. Amazing. (laughs) Excellent. It was well written.
2: (laughs) Uh, No, no. It was garbage, and you elevated it.
3: Okay, yeah, we are—we're a couple hours into this recording session. Um, the fine folks at home don't know that.
2: <laughs> don't bring attention to the reduction side. <laughs> a
3: little time travel Zom- happening.
2: <laughs> Zombie merit is always my go-to.
3: Oh, it should be everybody's go-to. So, um, what everyone do over the break?
2: <laughs> <Had> a, <laughs> smoke, <had> a pee. <laughs> Got you ready for Act Three? Do so two. Sorry, two. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't stop spam a lot. It was, <laughs> it was there, and I'm on. I'm about to start beer three.
3: Oh wow, jumping ahead of me a little bit, but I, I'm hitting some high uh, ABVs, so I'm trying to keep it
2: keep it down. Yeah, no, mine aren't quite as high.
3: Okay, um, well, I guess we'll go ahead and start rolling into this and do some announcements.
2: Yeah, if uh, <laughs> you guys are going to be at Nerd 2017 oh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, obviously Utah. Uh, Be sure to hit us up by email or social media or however you want to get in touch with us. Carrier Pigeon. uh, yeah. You know, smoke signal. I don't know if I can translate that, but I'll give it a shot. Um, We'll be there. We don't know the exact plans yet. We're still trying to figure everything out, but uh, we'll be there. Meet up with us. We'll have fun. Uh, We're also going to uh, create a roving band to hit the streets of uh, Utah after the convention is done. Because we'll be there an extra extra day, right?
1: Yeah, to, so that Sunday. Yeah.
3: Yes, that uh, uh, Sunday. What is it, July second? Yes. Uh, if you are in or near or can make it to Salt Lake City, Utah, July second, uh, hit us up, and we are going to be hitting everywhere in town that we can. Anything Ex- that's open, because it, it's a yeah. Salt Lake City. <laughs>
1: it is Salt Lake City
3: on a Sunday, and yeah. you yeah. And- Uinta will be closed on Sunday. We're hitting them up as soon as we get off the plane on Thursday. We are heading straight over there for a couple pints before we go back up the mountain.
2: I have have a thing I saw. You guys may have shown it to me. I don't remember. We'll talk about it when we get to news. (laughs) Just a quick little little thing. But remind me about Utah. Okay.
0: Okay. When we are in Utah, um, we are going to probably try to put together some little uh, beer tasting or some sort of event. Uh, We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but... Um, definitely come and check us out and and hang out with us for that.
1: Yeah, details to follow. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, we wanted to remind everybody: our next video episode is going to be. Um,
2: it's going to be the Victory Brewing Sampler Pack yes. on uh, May seventh on Diamond Club TV.
1: Yes, uh, that's going to be at six p.m. Eastern time. So, um, and then uh, you all can all time always, zone that matters <laughs> to us. Yes, <laughs> and and you can check out the homepage of the website. Uh, Haveadrinkshow dot com, and that's going to show you um, all of our upcoming show episodes, in addition to events that we will be attending.
3: Yes,
2: <laughs> it's the only way I can keep track anymore. I
3: yeah, that it was I... kind of almost for us and less for everyone else, but it we're just works out. We're
1: trying to maintain the calendar and like the the website and make sure every everybody's updated at all times. So it's it's been handy so so far. So
3: with our like rotating weeks we of what we schedule. do, yeah, it is. We realize It's hard for us to keep up with it. It's only the most there, dedicated people can actually keep up with it. There and usually
2: comes a very panicked conversation on Fridays. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> right. what are we doing? Oh, the God, is this a video? Is this, is this audio or video? Now, the pack you already have in your refrigerator. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, basically. Fine. I'm glad we're in audio right now because I look like hot hell. So <laughs> it's good you don't get to see me. Us, the
1: apartment. Yeah. Um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's been a oh, weekend. Really? You're not slowly melting into your into the background. <laughs> uh, into okay, hot that'll, that'll hell was soon. the
3: wrong wrong descriptor. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, d- d- I still have no AC. <sighs> uh,
1: but yeah, definitely check out the homepage for that stuff. Um, we have added a couple of um, sort of localized events, Ohio, Kentucky, sort of stuff. Uh, but then we also, of course, have Nerdtacular on there. So um, and then that will be uh, the event itself on our website will be. Um, Updated once we have some more details on everything.
3: Yeah.
2: All, All right. right. I, I think announcements. Are we ready to hit some news?
3: I think Casey's got some news for us. Oh, okay. Casey. Uh.
0: All right. First up, let's go into a little bit on the the government side of uh, alcohol and and the beer industry in an article from kira news ta or tabc on hot seat over trips and spending controversies uh this has been popping up not only on beer websites but just across uh, across the nation on different forums and boards the Tel- texas alcohol beverage commission um had to answer some questions from the house committee on general investigating ethics this past week well actually a couple weeks ago um when Some of their spending may not have been up to par. Uh, For more than three hours this Thursday, the top Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission officials were grilled by House members for misusing state resources, taking trips to Hawaii on taxpayers' dimes, mixing vacation with state duties, misreporting who had been assigned which state-owned vehicle, and cozying up to the very industry they're supposed to be regulating. Okay. Wow.
2: (laughs) So... All those are very ethical ethical problems. I will say mixing vacation with state duties. If you if your state duties do happen to take you to Hawaii, why not after you're done start your vacation? As long as the tax, as long as well, okay. The key point there is you pay for your own trip out there and then you do work. That would be my well.
3: You're coming if you're going out there for work. I could see it as, you know, that's when you're like, I'll just stay. Like, yeah. I don't see an issue with that part of it. But well, if, when you're usually, out there.
0: Usually the way it goes is you would you would figure out what the exact cost of the plane ticket would be for you to go out there um, mm-hmm. on, on just business. And whatever that plane ticket price would be, um, you would then.
2: Log that into like your, your uh, mileage, your travel expense. Yeah, that would
0: be what they would reimburse. And then if it cost extra, you would have to. The key is uh, from reading this article, that wasn't necessarily a conference that they necessarily needed to be taking themselves to. Mm. Uh, it was a conference ah. about like the, re- the the enforcement side of and how to like better check IDs basically in bars and these are the people that are supposed to be doing the law side of it, not actually out there enforcing. They're not law enforcement officers they're actually uh, in the in the you know pushing papers side of it. so Damn that was the law. That was a little bit iffy, you know. I, I feel like that was a, an additional trip. That oh, if I take this trip, they can pay for it. Yeah. Um, and, and then no, I'm on, not
2: saying they didn't do anything. I'm not saying they oh, were yeah. right. I'm just saying, like, I could see a circumstance where you go, well, maybe this this is okay.
0: <laughs> and you know, they were they were probably using these these state vehicles uh, inappropriately. Uh, they may have been. I won't say probably. They may have been using these state vehicles inappropriately, but it was hard to tell because the books. Only showed a vehicle that was like almost I don't know nearing ten years old, um, and hadn't been used in the past two vehicles. Like it had been gone for, and they haven't done this in the past two vehicles. So, okay, that could I, be. I'm looking
2: different. through. I'm looking through the article, and it has like director Sherry Cook under fire for taking trips to swanky report uh, re, swanky resorts. Unstates times did not give a time frame for her departure. From the National Conference State uh, Liquor Regulations, yeah, that's where you get into trouble. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's where. Yeah, that's
3: that's where things kind of went off the rails. Uh
0: Um, They she down on below Davis uh, goes down through here, which is one of the Sarah Davis, a representative from uh, West University Place in Texas, um, who chairs the House Committee. chairs the committee on this investigating and ethics um, says that she was keeping wildly inaccurate data on the state provided vehicles. And also she says, we know as admitted, we have 69 days of state employees traveling to exotic locations, all paid for by the taxpayer. So I'm sure they could have probably picked a, a very much closer and less expensive location. But uh, I understand it's hard to pass up if, if there's a conference in Hawaii. Uh, Hard to pass that up, but interesting on that end.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. And like, yeah, they they probably should be getting into trouble, but uh, (laughs) I will say that, uh, well, I don't know. Like in my head, I'm like, I mean, I can understand trying to write off business expenses. Not that I ever do. (laughs) I have no business expenses. I travel two minutes to work. Lucky you. Uh, well, you said lucky, right? I, I I'm hoping for our explicit label, you said lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh
0: for for on my end, I you know, I travel quite a bit and the way it usually works is if I was planning on, you know, if we were to go to Utah and I was able to uh, put together and needed to go already to a trip out there uh, to do something during, you know, even if it wasn't the same exact time that we would be going, but if I still needed to be there for something. I would go ahead and probably expense that trip using the same guidelines as earlier. Whatever the, the cheapest plane ticket would be, I would just add on. I would pay the difference in that and go there. Or I would pay going and the company could pay the the leaving or whatever it would be. Um, pay half each and go that way.
2: Hmm. Okay. Real quick, in between your your stories, Casey, there was the thing I, was, uh, that I got excited about that I remembered. Yes. Did... I, I don't recall. So correct me if we've talked about this in the show before, and maybe that's where I heard it. Um, did we talk about the possibility of Utah rem- re- uh, removing the three point two percent beer? Oh, they I did
3: think, it. Yeah. Did they?
2: Did we? Because I, I was like looking back through show things. I, like, I don't see it here, but
3: I, I, it sounds. so oh, no, 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 no! I think we did. They dropped the blood alcohol level lower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's it's, it's, it's done. basically
2: yeah. Well, what it was was that. One of the states, one of the other states that that had the three point two percent
0: is getting rid of it.
2: Is getting rid of it. Yeah, and mm. that means like basically Utah is all that's left. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so, how long do you think Utah will hold on? And I'm like, man, if you guys get rid of that law, starting, uh, starting a, a what. When's your I always forget. Oh,
3: oh yeah, June 29th. Oh. yeah, Around June 29th. It. I end don't of think June. we'll get anything enacted that quickly. Can we
1: have a goal no. for end of June, Usually please? it goes
0: in like the next year. Um, yeah. And, you know, Utah's 3.2 beer, we talk about this a little bit, but the 3.2 beer is what can be sold in grocery and convenience stores mm-hmm. and what can be sold on draft. So that's your that's your two. And it's by weight, so it's technically four, a, 4% ABV. It's 3.2% ABW, but 4% ABV.
2: Right, um, although at the at the altitudes we typically are when we're in Utah. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, why
3: not,
1: whatever. Every little really, bit will help. It so doesn't Kay, take as much. And Casey yeah. hasn't even been to, well, you've been to Salt Lake City, but Snowbird yeah. is a different thing entirely when you're just Snowbird like, so we're a, just gonna a, going to keep going up, guys. meters
3: up. Yeah, yeah. yeah Snowbird's like, <laughs> exactly. okay, you're already really high. Let's go and get you another 4,000 feet up the mountain. <laughs>
0: yeah, you basically double it or come close to doubling it, yeah. Because uh, let's, let's, even... let's
2: not take backpacks full of beer when we go hiking up the mountain. Oh God, oh. no! Yeah,
0: when we're not even that. Whenever I no. went to Utah this last go around, I stepped off the plane and was just walking up the little tiny ramp from the plane up to the the gate, and I was out of breath and I was like, "Why can I not walk here?" You can it feel, feel it. Oxygen. <laughs> yeah. It was the lack of oxygen. It took me, it took me probably a full day, day and a half for my rapid breathing to slow down a little bit. Uh, also, we are profoundly lazy. and
2: <laughs> well,
1: We're all a little, out. I mean, except for Chris, but we're all a little out of shape.
2: I want to start working on it. I, I just need that push to get started. No, I yeah. would. Yeah. No,
3: I'm right there. I, I would I suggest don't... it before, like, at least yeah. a couple of weeks before we leave, you need to get out and yeah. get cardio. some walking in, get I'm some hoping, cardio.
2: I'm hoping, like, this week is the week that I, like, starting Monday, I'm going, like, all right, let's start. Start getting back into shape,
1: and, and we're going to heed Veronica Belmont's advice in no, saying hydrated.
3: No, no, you can stay no. hydrated. I'm fine with that, but we're just—you're just, just going
2: to require you to drink before you talk to your heroes.
3: Yes, yeah, I may have to anyway. <laughs>
0: have a little little pint in our pockets.
1: Note that I had a full bottle of the polygamy hoarder before we ever spoke to Veronica Belmont. Belmont can <laughs> oh,
2: publicly really shame us. Her publicly shaming me, or well, not public, but her shaming me and Chris for trying to get her. <laughs> no she published she
3: shamed us in front of all of nerdtacular i still keep well, hoping that like if i'm everyone that
2: could within hearing distance of a non miked veronica beaumont yeah
3: well it was i think it was veronica and
1: like jury was nearby and tom but like yeah. and then i think tom may have been on the same lines but yeah
2: yeah uh it was it was fun though i'm
1: still i still keep hoping that you know I'll actually get be pregnant finally by the time by that time, so the alcohol won't be an issue anyway. I'll just be like about some water. No pressure. Yeah.
0: And in that situation, we're going to put your name on the uh, on the rental car so that <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, designated Brittany. That's yes. true. Yeah, we're That's probably we're for also the best. going to
2: have like a small cup with just a Brittany written on it, and we'll all take turns drinking for you.
3: Yes. <laughs> Thanks. All right,
0: little for your homies.
3: Uh, I think. We had another little story, didn't we, Casey? Yeah. yeah. So, we did. so
0: moving on to some of the more current news, to something that maybe news, you know, 50 years ago. Just an interesting. Um, t- it's t- interesting. Did. Yeah. Scientists once nuked beers to see if they'd still be drinkable <laughs> after an atomic blast.
3: The important yeah, sure. questions. I mean,
2: because science, <laughs> the nukes were already happening. You got to see what's going to
3: work. That's why Indiana Jones was in that refrigerator. He had to get the beer. Yeah.
2: That'd be his. What, what movie was that?
3: Crystal,
0: uh, Crystal Skull.
2: There's only three Indiana Jones movies. What
3: is oh, that one? Oh, yeah, I like yeah, this approach. <laughs> so from
2: 1945
0: to the late 1960s, the U.S. government, of course, carried out several above-ground nuclear bomb tests in the Nevada desert. One series in 1955 called Operation Teapot detonated 14 <laughs> nuclear bombs to test <laughs> nuclear weapon designs in effect. As sure. part of one of these, as part of these these works, it may have been during all of them, researchers set out a bunch of cans and bottles of sodas and beers to see how they fare. The experiment resulted in a 1957 study titled "The Effect of Nuclear Explosions on Commercially Packaged Beverages."
1: <laughs> I want to be a scientist.
3: I, these are the studies I, I would do. I, I hate to say it, looks like I'm a trained scientist. Not really this kind of science, though. <laughs>
0: In 1956, the Atomic Energy Commission uh, exploded two bombs, one with an energy release equivalent to 20 kilotons and the other a 30 kiloton at the test site. Bottles and cans were carefully placed at various distances from ground zero. Closest were less than a quarter mile, basically 1,056 feet away from the blast.
2: I'm trying to think how far the shockwave of a nuclear device goes out, (laughs) and I'm wondering how many of those were just destroyed.
0: So you're looking, a light damage zone is about, uh, for the 10 kiloton, it, you're looking at about ten, uh, 3 miles radius, so 3 miles from the center out. Um, yeah, and these then, were
2: 20 to 30.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you've got fallout that goes goes 10 miles easy um, from there. Severe damage is within about a mile, but yeah, being a uh, mile, half a mile, somewhere in there, uh, being that you've got... Uh, Two to three times the size, plus a um, plus. You're putting them so close. Maybe if you were further away, um, you've got a lot. Uh, Some fallout comes from the bomb material itself, but like soil, sand, rocks, wood, other debris gets sucked into, also gets incinerated and irradiated into fallout, and that's carried away. But what they found um, is. If you're betting on an unfortunate turn of events in the near future, make sure you, you stock your pepper bunker with uh, other long-lasting food and beverages. Canned beer probably would survive if it was far enough away and you could wash off the radiation. Once again, cans,
2: superior method of storing beer. <laughs>
3: yes. Let's in no light or radiation, as it turns out.
0: They, they even tasted the beverages, it looks like, except those nearest the blast. Yeah, said, well, yeah,
3: you know, yeah, I wouldn't. Probably would. That
2: would <laughs> not have been me. I put my
0: counter over a can of beer and it reacted. I'd go, like, nope.
2: Um, yeah,
1: the best part of this is like the um. they've got a video on Lord. this link that's like the slow motion of how, what oh, the explosion have would have looked like. That's here's both amazing the, and terrifying.
2: Here's yeah. another question for you, though. If you drank one of those super close beers, would you get beer-based superpowers? <laughs> would you become Hop Man?
3: I'd be disappointed if you didn't. well Okay, no. What would Hop Man? I mean, if superpower you
2: were in a if you were in a uh, in a Stan Lee comic, circa nineteen sixty, whatever.
3: Yeah. No. Totally. But yeah, that's how you would get it. But what? What are Hop Man's powers?
0: Oh, mm. he's very. He's very bitter with everyone.
3: <laughs> Man, I'm already Hop Man. Um, <laughs> Does he have like some kind of alternate Jesus power where he turns water into? Imperial IPA? <laughs> no,
2: no. He just makes whatever you're drinking just a little bit more bitter. That's yeast, man. <laughs> yeast Maybe man. Um, it makes yeast it makes man everything turns, turns water into
3: beer.
1: It gives everything uh, also, a citrus flavor. Ye- Sorry, Brittany. It, no, it gives everything a citrus flavor.
3: Depending on the hum-
2: depending on he can de- he can. Create and cr- and and produce his own different flavors of hops. Oh. Are there different?
3: Are there different Hopmans? He's di- multidimensional. Like there no, are no, several no, no, different no, ones. There's for, but
2: there's for... but one Hopman, but he can create all of the different strains of hops. He
3: has a range. See, I was thinking there's a different Hopman for every hop variety. No, because so you he, have like a no, dank... we,
2: don't ha- we don't have the Hopman core. That
3: is, he's yeah, not a superhero. Very No, we. It needs to be a core. That way, there is like. The a league ordinary Hopman. Yes, there's like a 420 Hopman who makes all beers extremely dank.
1: I've seen like I'm seeing like a Justice League esque <laughs> superhero art thing, and like each of them has a different like the Mosaic Man and Azaka man. <laughs> and this is
2: this no, this is this is the, the different colors of the Green Lantern spectrum where you have the, <laughs> the yellow lanterns that you know, you have like from from re- you know, uh red lantern to to in, you know indigo lanterns. Yeah. And they all have the same basic costume, just different colored and different hops. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah, that's with exactly a different hop insignia is. in the middle. That's that's the, the, the thing going here.
1: Why can't one <laughs> of us draw is the important question right now.
2: If one of you can draw. Because none of us have talent. If one oh of you can gosh. draw or
3: Photoshop, just go grab a I Green Lantern so core cover and make this happen. We need Instead to get a hold of... of- Instead of the lantern insignia, it just needs to be like a hop.
1: I want the I went I want to get a hold of Carter Johnson right now. <laughs> this would be great for her. Oh, uh, okay.
0: I would I would like to see that. Yeah. Also, um, with uh with Yeast Man, just just a side <laughs> note on that end, really hard for him to get a second date.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Ouch. Oh God. <laughs>
1: Oh. That's that's a truth. That, that's true, though. That's, that's true.
3: Barley Man's powers. <laughs> oh, Barley Man is is yeast. Or Malt. Is Yeast Man's uh, sidekick, uh, Vagisil Boy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: oh. <laughs> Barley Man is also. Um, uh,
1: he's got the the Thor problem where people think he's a god. So he's also the god of
2: agriculture. <laughs> huh? What if he has like a. Uh, um... Uh, some sort of like farm implement and it's like ye who is worthy may wield the power of
3: barley man. Oh he is a scythe the, uh, he a is scythe. definitely has, has a scythe a, scythe. a yeah. scythe or a till. Yeah just, I just
2: didn't want to say scythe because it reminds you too much of the Grim Reaper.
3: Yeah I say like a till like an old one no, or
2: it doesn't remind me of the
1: Grim Reaper because I picture him as as like with flowing gold hair or something like very much a Thor kind of character. He <laughs> anyway,
2: rides an ox the only, with a till. that the only person that had a had a scythe in their garage growing up? Uh Maybe. <laughs>
1: Oh. I don't even think okay. mom and dad have a scythe now, and they even have like a garden.
2: <laughs> no, no, like there was one in in our garage. I don't exactly know why.
3: My first job was using a scythe, so that was.
0: <laughs> what well, we? My family comes from a lawnmower sales background. <laughs> we, so we never had to use scythes. Okay, memorize, I, worked, but... I worked. for a my contractor thought, under the table. My thought is
2: perhaps dad got it. For when his like weed eater broke and he needed to go you know <laughs> go <cut 1860s> eighteen some... sixties <laughs> on that grass. <laughs> Probably so you don't know the run. grass problem we had on our No, on our I, hills.
3: I can imagine it because that's because... I worked for a friend of ours' dad, who you all know, we're not gonna name names, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he was a rather cheap uh general contractor and used me for like favors to help clear fields. And a lot of these fields would be so overgrown that a weed eater couldn't handle it.
2: That also may have been why. Because, like, again, half of my, my family's property was, like, almost a 90-degree angle. It's like a minimum, like, you know, 60-degree angle up. It's like, oh, <laughs> crap. Which, yeah, that'll do it.
0: There are videos out there of, like, the weed eater versus the uh, the scythe. And, you know, it's kind of a Paul Bunyan is it Paul Bun? No, Paul Bunyan. You're uh, thinking of John Henry. John Henry, oh. yeah, John Versus Henry. The, the, yeah. The- he was a steel-driving man.
3: <laughs> steel <laughs> yes, driving he him, was.
0: So, so it's kind of like a, uh, you know, the the scythe does win out in some of those competitions.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I
1: have to look this up.
3: Okay. All right. Uh, while you're looking it up, uh, is that gonna is that gonna wrap up news? Yeah, for this yeah, one? I okay. think
2: so. I think we got to untap well, for this week. We don't yeah. have any untaps.
3: Um. But we are, we don't have a sounder for this, I don't think, unless Brittany wants to surprise us with something. Talk about uh, a few new beers oh. that I wanted to you work
1: know, in. Uh, we don't, but what do I have that'll work for that?
3: Because these are—I've always—it's always like all the time, like we have to work in some kind of new beer segment.
1: You know what? Here, just whatever.
3: Mm, I love scotch.
1: <laughs> I love scotch.
2: Scotchy, scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm, mm,
3: mm. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Alright, a couple new beers. These are just things that I would always appreciate if someone called to my attention. Some things I need to be looking for on the shelf. So I thought I would actually be the one to bring it to everybody's attention. Um, So the first one I wanted to bring up is we have a collaboration from The Brewery and Funky Buddha. Yeah. So these are two that it's awesome. They're coming together. And on this one, it sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, It's called Pink Snow. Imperial Cream Ale brewed with lactose with guava, dragon fruit, coconut, and vanilla added. I'm on board. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, this collaborative brew with our Floridian friends is a tropical treat transporting us to a cooler mindset when temperatures start to warm on our respective coasts. So yeah, this is like an east-west coast collaboration thing that's going on. And i love it it sounds amazing and i'm hoping we can find it
1: right i now. like this time of year with all the tropical kind of deals that are coming out for beer um i'm, I'm getting more into that especially with um it, you'd think that you're expecting just like a random fruit beer but at the same time i think people are getting a little more creative with like ipas and things like that or or like the wheat ales and they're experimenting with other tropical flavors I love it like it's starting to it was like 80 degrees here the other day that would have been great
3: yeah um it looks like the brewery is taking lead on this the label is one of their labels um and let's see yeah uh slated for 750 milliliter bottles so that's the format that the brewery exclusively releases in so it'll be you'll probably get it in any distribution area that the brewery is available in which we are luckily in that area uh, the styles an imperial cream ale obviously uh with grava, guava dragon fruit coconut vanilla beans and lactose oh i just melt reading it <laughs> um the date is to be announced it's going to be 7.5 percent abv that one amazing um we've also got something well a couple things from founders i think you now we already talked about in a video episode uh, go back and check out the video episodes available on YouTube. I would use the link on the website. Uh, Founders Doom will be the next release in their Barrel Age series, and that sounds great. Uh, Imperial IPA aged in bourbon barrels. Oh, what was it called? Uh, Doom. 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 Yeah. yeah, but no. Uh, Founders also announced this one, which it's just they're just like F it, put it in a barrel, barrel aged malt liquor from Founders. It's gonna be DKML. It's coming out this July. I'm
2: I'm waiting for their barrel aged pilsner.
3: Uh, the the label reads "Kicks you where you most expect it." <laughs> Imperial malt liquor aged in bourbon barrels. What is going on at Founders? I Wonderful thing. They're, 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 they're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, doing the Lord's work over at Founders. That's I, I stick with that. Everything they've done is gold, and it will always be gold. Mm. <laughs> uh, hot on the Hills of KBS will be a new style for the Grand Rapids, Michigan-based brewery, a malt liquor. Founders is brewing with a huge hit of corn which will help boast uh the final alcohol by volume and give this beer a sweet smooth finish founders dkml is not only dry hopped but aged in bourbon barrels founders dkml, DKML will be available in 12 ounce bottles and 750 milliliter bottles and draft starting july 2017 style is an american strong ale uh barrel aged uh in bourbon barrels And debut date, it just says July 2017, ABV, question mark, question mark. Can we
2: get uh, Billy D Williams to uh, market these?
3: That would be amazing.
1: It might be good timing, honestly.
3: (laughs) And one more quick one before we move off of this, because I've been, I think it's been like three weeks I've been trying to get this one in there. Uh, New Belgium is releasing a new version of Fat Tire. They did the Fat Tire and Friends, which was other breweries doing their version, like their take on Fat Tire. Fat Tire
2: and Friends.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but now they're actually coming out with their own, and it's going to be a Belgian white. And I really like that they're going to expand on uh, Fat Tire. It needs to be. I mean, it's a fantastic beer, but they need to keep innovating, moving it forward, keeping it in in everybody's eye. Like, don't forget about these core beers that made craft brewing what it is. They are still fantastic.
1: They need to do that with that and blue paddle, honestly.
3: Oh, blue
2: so, paddle, so good. I don't know if this is actually going to happen or not, but there was some. If I can find some fat tire when we're out at uh, Nerdtacular, I was talking with Casey about like we need to make dinner one time if we've got like the the whole setup like oh, we yeah. did last time. Mm. I was like, I need to make some like beer mashed potatoes. Is what I need to make. That would and be good for like
0: with a with a stout glaze on it. Oh my god.
2: I'll right. start experimenting on meatloafs like right now. You know who right. ruins it is
1: like um when we had that, that chicken or the chicken. The well the chicken pizza at Mad Tree with mm-hmm. and they use their happy amber ale to make the barbecue sauce. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was smart. Like stuff like that, it adds so much to the flavor. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be a good idea for like that Thursday or even that Friday night at Nertacular.
0: <laughs> because oh, yeah. resort place food is expensive. Oh my god. We learned that. Yeah. Yes. We, we oh, no
2: no. Snow we know we West know where we'll, fi- we'll find you where you can eat safely.
3: Yeah, yeah we Snow know Snow where to bird, go and why we not We made to the go. mistakes last time. So there there are some great places that keep your budget down because don't Just go to the steakhouse. The crowd of people. Yeah.
1: That being said, we do. I still really want to go to In-N-Out
0: Burger, <laughs> which oh, yeah. is not oh, a yeah. Burger at well, all. Well, when we talk about cheap food, that's definitely a place, and true. it's not too far away from the road from the airport up to. Oh, okay. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, that works out. Place, so yeah, really, really nice little neck of the woods, right, right through there.
3: All um, right. Um, uh, before we completely get off topic, uh, Fat Tire White Ale, a new addition to to the breweries, Fat Tire family, debuts in August. We got a little bit of time on this one. Uh, Later this summer, ordering a fat tire won't be limiting limiting your choices to just the iconic amber ale. For the first time in 25 years, New Belgium is putting a true Belgian-style white ale into full-scale production. The authentic white ale will feature, what is that, Seville? Mm, Seville orange peel and coriander from Fort Collins, Colorado-based Old Town Spice Shop Mm. less than a minute from the brewery. I didn't see that when we were over there. It's
1: like, why didn't we go there?
3: How did we miss that when we were there? Uh, New Belgium so, selected... Huh? I,
0: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt I don't know, you. Se- Seville oranges are the same thing as a bitter orange or a marmalade orange. Oh. oh, that sounds fantastic. That's
3: fine. Uh, they use these thanks to their uh, brighter aroma and less cloying sweetness. That'll be fantastic. Uh, New Belgium Fat Tire White Ale will be available in 12-ounce bottles, 12-ounce cans, and draft starting August 1st. It's a white ale with orange peel and coriander. Uh, debut August 1st, 5.2% ABV. That's a, That sounds like another big winner. I'm excited for all three
2: mm-hmm. of these. Mm. No, I, I, I want that in my belly already. Right now.
3: Okay, uh, mm-hmm. I think we've been beating around the bush, and you all are actually here for a real reason. So down th- the
2: Adolphus bush.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, uh, I think we're going to move on back into Prohibition, part two. Looking for those slapping pickles. <laughs> <laughs> things things are going that way. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, so last we left off, uh, we were just talking about the, the different groups that were pushing for Prohibition. Well, it's time to talk about how how they came to be. First off, little disclaimer, like we did in the last episode, um, we are going to uh, we're going to try to be historically accurate, but I can't say that we're going to be unbiased. Mm-hmm. We like to drink, so you know, th- there's that to to what we're what we're talking about today. Also, occasionally there are going to be terms that are appropriate for the period but are offensive today. We are going to try to present it as accurately as possible. Please understand it's the views of the time, not us.
3: Yeah, we are... And most things
1: have quotes around them. You can kind of tell.
3: We are using period quotes. We are not putting words in anyone's mouth, so we did not alter them.
1: Yeah.
2: So, moving on. Let's start with uh, how did all of the different groups, uh, you know, the suffragists, the KKK, the and others how did they all get to you know and the progressives like <laughs> you know how did they get together uh get a prohibition movement into the US constitution mostly by chipping away at the public perception bit by bit uh nothing the brewers and the distillers did seemed to stop them in the long run uh perhaps they would have been more effective had they been working together and not trying to shift blame from one to the other uh the united states Brewer- brewers association said hard liquor caused domestic misery pauperism disease and crime uh while bread uh, while beer was quote liquid bread i mean uh the distillers weren't much better they could they would only pull together during the most dire of circumstances and by that point it was too little too late uh despite all the politicians they paid off and all the good press they tried to buy uh, nothing seemed able to deter the likes of the ASL. Uh, that said, there is a myth propagated by uh, brewers at the time and somewhat today that uh, World War I had something to do with Prohibition. Uh, and according to many brewers, millions of young American men that had been uh, had been away from home, unable to vote against the piece of legislation, uh, and that was the main cause. Uh, well, that's debatable. Uh, it certainly didn't make things any easier. Uh, what also didn't make things easier was the inherent Germanness of beer to Americans. Uh, many of the lar- largest brewers, especially Anheuser-Busch, were German immigrants or of German descent, and people naturally would be more uh, people who would seem uh, who seemed to them as naturally more sympathetic uh, to the country the U.S. had just declared war against. Uh, Woodrow Wilson would not have publicly said that, but he had been launching a campaign against, quote, anti-hyphenism, specifically set out to demonize those Americans who were born under other flags, but welcomed under our generous naturalization laws to the full freedom and opportunity of America. Hmm. German or Irish Americans were... uh, out as uh, were out as far as concerned, uh, we were as far as he was concerned. All were Americans and had better start acting like one big country of shared values, while we fought people in war. Uh, you better even,
0: <laughs> hmm? you better
2: even if it's a country that someone had been living in only a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Some, There was uh, a lot of there was a lot of propaganda thrown at Anheuser Bush about. Their German ties. Right.
1: A and lot of these. Lot admittedly,
2: of these... Kaiser Wilhelm oh. and uh, one of the Bush sons were actually like they knew each other. They were kind of close.
3: Oh, jeez. <laughs> a lot of these <laughs> same issues seem to be ringing true again nowadays. Yeah. Especially in Kaiser Bush tried those to. those who
2: don't know history or doom to fail yeah. the class and take it over again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
3: Exactly. Are you sure that wasn't about calculus, <laughs> math classes? Because that was me.
2: Mm. Uh, the I will say that the beginning of the 18th Amendment started back in uh, 1914 with a proposed amendment to the Constitution called the Hobson Amendment. It's named for a soldier turned self promoting author turned a politician named Richmond Hobson. It was sort of a warm up for the 18th Amendment. Uh, He was a war hero from the Spanish-American War uh, with an archaic, even for the time, style of speech. Mm. Uh, uh, Not quite thee and thou, but (laughs) if you listen to how he writes, you go, oh, or you read how he writes, you go, oh, that's... No one talked like that even then. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he would have been better set in, like, you know, writing those, those, dear Virginia, the front is
3: very (laughs) My Um, dearest Margaret, I write to you.
1: Dear (laughs) Martha. I'm telling you, still listen to the core podcast for Hears of the Storm. They have the best examples of the Dear Martha
2: letters. (laughs) Uh, He he struck a strange figure in the House of Representatives, especially for a Democrat from Alabama. Uh, He supported the end of the Electoral College, uh, a federal income tax, and women's suffrage. So, you know, there were good things about him. Yay! <laughs>
0: that's, that's, <laughs> I, I think that is probably the, the key to all politics through all of history. Um, sans Hitler, or <laughs> maybe... Sans Hitler. <laughs> sans <laughs> Hitler. Um, every politician, no matter how vilified they are, probably did have some good attributes. Hitler um, painted...
2: Wonderful okay. landscapes. And, and,
0: <laughs> and what you get is the politicians on the other side and whoever wins the war are the ones who vilify the other person and and uh, deify the, I guess that would be a, probably the appropriate word, the person that wins it. So Also
2: Stalin. I can't think of many redeeming facts to Stalin. Okay, <laughs> Yeah. Pol Pot, not a lot of good there.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, so war criminals are out. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Yes. War criminals. Uh yeah, so um, let's see. Uh, it was uh, his stance on race actually that got him into trouble. Uh, he made some remarks in reference to the Brownsville affair. Anyone know what I'm talking about when I say that?
0: No clue. Um,
1: yes and no. I feel like I know the words.
3: <laughs> Those are definitely Those words. Words.
1: it sounds familiar, but I can't tell you what it is. I so will admit immediately. Short I have no
2: version idea. is that uh, a couple of white. Soldiers were found dead, shot, and killed uh, in Texas. Okay. Like on American soil. And the closest place nearby uh, was a uh, – well, I do not say it was the closest, but there was an all-black regiment stationed somewhere mm. uh, because segregation in the Army was still a thing. And uh, basically they got blamed, and Theodore Roosevelt just was like, yeah, sure, okay, they can get dishonorably discharged. Hmm. Uh, oh. They were not, that That was not changed until Richard Nixon, oddly enough, was Weird. the one that uh, changed the record to so, show that it had an honorable discharge. Whoa, yeah. whoa.
3: Nixon did that? Nixon did that.
0: Told ya. Holy we God.
3: vilify him, <laughs> and then he does some good things. <laughs> no, Nixon, there's no vilifying him. He vilified himself pretty well. <laughs> he did. He didn't he need records. someone else to step in and do that.
2: Uh, I'm just saying he's the one that signed the bill, whether he, he okayed the thing. I don't know whether he's the one that suggested it. Like, again, the Nixon thing, as we talked about in the
1: last episode, so many parallels for the marijuana thing. Because <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> Nixon
2: plays a huge role there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: anyway, um, be- because of that affil- affair, which is in the historical le- legacy of Theodore Roosevelt, a big black eye on his part, mm. um, he. Uh, Hobson raised some eyebrows, uh, especially in Alabama, speaking in his defense. He said they were unjustly disgraced. Uh, they said, the, uh, speaking in the defense of the dis- unjustly disgraced African American uh, African-American soldiers, he said, I saw black men carry our flags in Santiago, uh, Santiago Hill. I saw them in vanilla. I have seen them in vanilla. I- black men took my father wounded from the field of Chancellorville. And uh, he also said, we are standing here on the field of eternal justice where all men are the same. That did not go over well in 1909, Alabama. Oh, yeah, Fair enough. I can
3: see yeah. that. Wow, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, oh, my. I mean, oh nice dear. quote, That's though.
2: basically, yeah, like, it's, it's it's not saying he was 100% great on race relations, but militarily, the, he was like, they, were, they are fine men, and you should treat them as such.
3: Yeah, everybody shut up. At the <laughs> time, that took balls. Yeah. No. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, good job.
2: So he tried running or he for. Was drunk. A, well, or he was drunk. Uh, <laughs> he did try running for a senate seat that opened up, uh, and he was beaten badly <laughs> during the primary. Hmm. Oh.
1: Um,
2: oh. Yeah. Again, history with that
1: time period. Yeah.
2: Yeah. His his opponent drug up those comments and uh, basically an amendment that he had left. Uh, on the floor of the house, just gonna. No one was gonna touch it for a little while until uh, Wayne B. Wheeler stepped in to give it a little extra push.
3: Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> that was just like DOA for him. I mean, yeah.
2: Um, basically, he went out and decided that he had nothing left to lose, <laughs> and was like,
3: "All right, screw it." And then found out, indeed, he had something to lose.
2: No, 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 I don't mean
3: about the... the, They
2: they did... Friends of his at the time of the Brownsville Affair said, Do not say this. This is suicide. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Uh, Now, his uh, Hobson Amendment bill... uh, No one wanted to touch that afterwards. And...
3: Yeah. Yeah. uh, In 1914, Hobson's amendment made it to the House floor, and he eventually got to speak giving a somewhat modified version of his alcohol the great destroyer speech he had perfected over the years in the house he yeah, this guy was
2: like yeah this guy was one of the 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 driest of the dries that was in so it was in the house
3: i feel like he was not quite the speaker who was it that did sinners uh, in the hands of an angry god
2: oh no he is uh that's <laughs> Like that is John, not a dry. It's John, Edward, it's John Edwards and yeah. it's a Puritan pastor back in um 17 something or other.
3: Yeah, I feel 17, like he's, 18.
2: it's It's during the First Great Awakening.
3: Yeah, he's a, he's like the opposite of that. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to read that that speech. I was I was required
2: text. to in in high school.
3: I was forced to recite it for the whole oh. whole class because our teacher, our English teacher Loved my voice. I I, I'm, I sound like Gomer Pyle. I don't understand. You it. don't
2: sound like Gomer Pyle, but that's but not...
3: My dad works in radio, and I think she had a crush on him. But either way, she was like, no, are you good to recite this for everyone? And I'm like, sure, why not? And then afterwards, I'm like, that is very well put together. I was like, no. <laughs> if you want to know what good public speaking is, go read Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Like, it is the passion that comes across in that. But I feel like yeah. he's the exact opposite of that. That's the point I was, well, I was no, getting at.
2: He was, he was an okay speaker. He had spent a lot of time uh, after after his time in the, the uh, Spanish Spanish-American War, like, promoting himself. And he had given this speech a number of times about the evils of alcohol. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of nasty sections in there that, kind of undo all the good racial feelings we just <laughs> heaped on them.
3: But uh, all those warm fuzzy feelings kind of melt away when he gives. Talking the about
2: how we, we, you know, drunk black men are
3: mm. doing awful things. Again, yeah. the weed parallel being like the fact that it was tacked on with being like, oh, the Mexicans smoke yeah. it and yeah. Parallels so. are never ending. Uh, He ended the speech by saying, In the name of your manhood, in the name of your patriotism, in the name of all that is held dear by good men, in the name of your fireside, in the name of our institutions, in the name of our country, in the name of our humanity and humanity's God, I call you to join hands and with me and each... Oh, God, this is really... Yeah, this writing... (laughs) I this is, this it, is his thing. Yeah, this is his, like, the weird, no one talked this way even then.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: I call on you to join hands with me and each one do his full duty. The Speaker of the House called him a lunatic. <laughs> not
2: not at that exact day, but yeah. Yeah, no, he was like, no, this guy's insane.
3: <laughs> the vote eventually failed, but it only failed because it didn't make the two-thirds majority 197 for and 190 against. Wow, that was close.
2: Yeah, like you're like, oh, yeah, that's not getting anywhere near there. The majority of the House voted for... Holy crap. crap.
3: <laughs> ASL took it as a win. It seemed the tides of opinion were changing. It wasn't an easy thing, but ASL-backed congressmen managed to push for the uh, Shepherd Amendment of 1917. They were, they were reworded, some of the Hobson Amendment to, in some ways, make it more palatable for both houses of Congress and to give the law a broader purview. Now the amendment would read, as we read the amendment, uh, Section 1. After one year from the ratification of this article, the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors within, within the importation, therefore, into... Wait, I'm getting a head shaking at me.
2: Sorry,
3: <laughs> 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 I, I was like, in, "Am I just like?"
2: Thereof, of the transportation into. of, in, of intoxicating yeah. later, liquors within the importation there, therefore, into, or in, the exportation, therefore, <laughs> uh, thereof from the United States and all territory subject to jurisdiction thereof for beverage purpose uh, is hereby prohibited.
0: Jesus, I hate legalese. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, right? Stop me if, if this is further down in the text, Bob, and I'm brushing I'm into this. But okay. I think when we stop on, let's talk about section one and talk about what's not in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, this does not prevent you from owning intoxicating liquors that, or mm, drinking.
2: That is, that is correct. Now, uh, manufacture sale, importation, yeah. So, some people... Like uh, a certain Joe Kennedy had a very large liquor cabinet.
3: When we say uh, large,
2: okay. First of all, <laughs> Joe Kennedy was not was not a uh, uh, was not in uh, the bootlegging trade. Hmm. Is not a, not how he made money. Now he did profit knowing that some of these actions were about to happen. But so the he also was, also was already wealthy, and rich people had really large liquor collections. And since they was already theirs, they could drink it. Yep.
3: Yes. Uh,
0: the day before uh, – do, do you mention down in there that how the day before Prohibition went into effect, you had liquor stores basically selling out their entire stock? Mm-hmm. I don't mention
2: that, but there's another interesting thing that happens right when uh,
0: the day after – or the day of it coming into effect. Yeah. So, they, they liquor stores would basically say every bottle a dollar the day before uh, it went into effect. And so you just would go by and, and grab whatever you needed because they couldn't sell it the next day. They knew it. So, liquidation. Just, is, yeah, they'd liquidate yeah. the assets. But
3: you wouldn't get in trouble for it. So. Right. Yeah. No, that's, um, I mean, that's, it was fully within the law. And I don't blame anyone for doing that because if you, your whole business had been based on that, you've just got to push it out, make what money you can to try and set yourself up elsewhere.
0: Yeah. It second... was... Oh, sorry. Oh. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the second part of the section one that that it specifically does not, or that it specifically goes into, is that for beverage purposes, is is specifically wood alcohol.
2: alcohol and things, and mm. uh, was allowed
0: right.
3: wood alcohol so... and also medicinal alcohol.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> but yeah.
3: Yeah. Um. Okay. So section two. Uh, the Congress and the several states shall... like this is just say the several states. <laughs> at shall, this
2: point, only 48.
3: Yeah. yeah, We weren't at our complete... What are, what are we at now? 51, 52? 50. 50. 50? We haven't added we have, states. Oh, we just have uh, the... The, the 1950s. I, I forget about, or whatever. I forget about the territories. We have territories, but they yeah, aren't states. Go. Yeah. <laughs> go watch Hamilton. <laughs>
2: We're not allowed to make a. Uh, we're not allowed to make a a official stance on whether Puerto Rico could become a state or not. Not us as a podcast. I mean us as a country.
3: Yeah. No, <laughs> as a podcast. Uh, the Congress and, and the several states shall have concurrent power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation.
2: This is where they decided. Look, we're not going to sweat the details right now. We'll make a law for that in a minute.
3: Yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know what. Until we can come up with something better, states do whatever you need to do. Hmm. do well, what,
2: basically, like right after this, they they drafted something, and it was called the Volstead Act. But, yeah, which we which are we get into, yeah. we're about to get yeah. into.
3: Uh, section three: the article shall be inoperative unless it shall be unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of the several states, as provided in the Constitution, within seven years. From the date of the submission, herefor herefore of to the states by the Congress. Uh, so that
2: seven years is a new new thing. Like I mean, not new for that, but new for ratification. Uh, they actually gave them a little bit extra time to get something ratified. Um, get all the states on board. Yeah, they didn't need it. <laughs> Like, within the same year, that thing got got ratified. Wow. This was the language... maybe it was, like, the next year, but still. Like, it was...
3: Yeah, that's still kind of absurd. Uh, This was the language that would eventually get past two-thirds of both houses of Congress and get ratified by two-thirds of the states before becoming the 18th Amendment to the United States Constitution, largely in thanks to the efforts... Of Wayne Wheeler and his associates jerk
2: for the record that's that's I always got confused as a kid trying to figure out how it was that in a, a you know something became an amendment and I thought it was like one or the other no it's both yeah this this is part of a period of this is the most amendments during this period were passed uh, during the short period of time uh, the, the the second uh, this is the second most the the outside of the bill of rights because you had the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th uh, amendments just coming in and, like rapid fire. And then mm. I think I was like the 20th and 21st, just a few years later.
0: Some Somehow I feel, and this is a little off topic, but somehow I feel that with everything that we're giving in this podcast, with everything that we've got put down here, this will be quoted in some high school history papers a few years down the road. Somebody will yeah. some, be Looking up a, uh, <laughs> I've got this history paper to write over prohibition. Oh, here's a podcast about it. Let me just go ahead and listen to that, and, and I will <laughs> I mean, never be a scholarly source. i so will you that. awesome. But I feel like we'll we'll be in the uh, the citation pages of some high school uh, papers here soon. Hey, how do you c- how do you cite a podcast?
2: I guess you have to use the website.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: uh, the website. Yeah, the, the, the website. RSS the RSS link probably that exists. Yeah. Okay, um, so the amendment itself does not explain how the law would be enforced. So the Volstead Act, which we kind of briefly mentioned before, um, or officially the National Prohibition Act, was drafted. This is where
2: we get into, like, my my thing of, uh, we colloquially call it the Volstead Act. It's the National Prohibition Act, like how it's the uh, National Health Care Act, not Obamacare. Not Obamacare, Obamacare.
1: right, right. Um, So the bill was vetoed by President Woodrow Wilson largely on technical grounds because it was also because it also covered wartime prohibition but his veto was overridden by the house on the same day October 27 1919 and by the senate one day later the three distinct purposes of the act were one to prohibit intoxicating beverages two to regulate the manufacture sale or transport of intoxicating liquor but not consumption and three is to ensure an ample supply of alcohol and promote its use in scientific research and in the development of fuel, dye and other lawful industries and practices such as religious rituals, Catholics. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: no, also Jews. Oh, and Jew- okay, Or yeah. Jewish people and, and, and other, uh, other places do have, have,
1: my first thought is like the, the communion sort of thing. At the Catholic, yeah, yeah. The Eucharist thing.
0: Um, with one one of the keys in there that I don't necessarily know, and and maybe you know the answer to this, but it also covered wartime prohibition. Was there? They, they were they were a,
2: uh, they were, he was going to like affect the the rationing issues that they were having mm. for
1: okay,
2: what they were doing for the because this okay. was this was still technically during the uh, it was like nearing the end, but it was during uh, World War One. So Americans
0: you, you could still give alcohol to uh a, a member of armed forces as their ration is that what his, his
2: i think they got rid of they got rid of the the alcohol ration oh, okay. already by this point um but no like just the general rationing uh, that happens uh it's interesting that woodrow wilson is like no have veto that and then the same day the house comes back and goes don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that is like politically speaking that is a huge deal Right, like that is like a body blow to well, uh it, to a presidency,
1: and showing that the president isn't king. You know, it, it's it is it there's is. a I'm check just to balance saying, system. Like,
2: it 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 you know it diminishes yeah. the the power of the presidency, right? And so, in fairness, not long after this, Wilson will have a stroke, and <laughs> his wife will be running the country without people realizing it.
1: Fair enough. um Yeah. So once prohibition went into effect. Countless Americans became criminals overnight. The same night as Prohibition's enactment, agents from the Bureau of Internal Revenue apprehended two truckloads of whiskey departing a warehouse in Peoria, Illinois, quote, stolen. It appeared by officials of the distillery that had produced it. Um, It was the first recorded arrest made under Prohibition
2: laws. On the same day.
1: Yeah, Th- that night, yeah. That's some
2: shady
3: crap. <laughs> They've yeah. been watching before. Look, this,
2: is, law. this is I'm just abhor- the beginning of the shady crap that you're about to see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first
1: of many such arrests. <laughs> but people were determined to get around this law, it turns out. Uh, the religious rituals part, yeah, part of the Volstead Act was an interesting loophole for abuse. Some people merely profited from it by becoming the main vineyards for a number of churches and synagogues. In some cases, a number of, a number of rabbis, quote, started, bringing, started springing up and handing out sacramental wine.
2: I like to imagine uh, Mel Brooks and Robin Hood men in tights. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, we've got, you know what? Never mind. There's trees. There are rocks. There's boys. We'll bless them all till they get fresh <laughs> you
0: must. You must give your 50 cent donation to the church in order to get your glass of sacramental wine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Meanwhile, in Canada, some Jewish Jewish brothers were not even pretending to be rabbis to sell their their wares. Samuel Bronfman had gotten his start skirting the letter of the law in Canada's own province-based liquor laws. It was legal for him to ship between provinces, even if it was illegal to sell it there. The coming of U.S. prohibition on alcohol saw a golden opportunity for... fall into his family's collective lap. Having gotten into the hotel business to begin selling liquor, Bronfman started looking for a chance to make his own. Eventually, went on a sightseeing tour, which led him to Louisville, Kentucky, and the Greenbrier Distillery. He bought it, dismantled it, shipped it to Canada. Meanwhile, he began to plan with the English company, Distillers Company, uh, Distillers Company Limited, the name of the company. So he... Could set up a distribution platform on his side of the pond for their well-regarded liquors. He began selling his own cheap whiskey and called his company Distillers Corporation Limited, and began okay, shipping let's things. Let's
2: point out. I just want to point out. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this is not liquor coming from the DCL. This is beer liquor coming from the DCL,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. because they were not in the same, uh, uh, what trademark laws, I guess would be what would apply. He,
2: yeah, to. Well, and also he just changed one part of the name and cause but he's it, not the company corporation, he's
3: the oh, corporation.
2: corporation versus company. I did not even see that.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. wow.
2: And basically acted as their, their proxy, uh, the, the the main book I did a lot of the res- this research from uh, is uh, called The La- uh, Last Call, and they talk about the uh, English gin and uh, whiskey producers as basically a cartel. Oh yeah, <laughs>
3: and yeah, essentially at man. the time, that's exactly what it was. There, yeah. There's no beating around the bush; they were a cartel. <laughs> no, no, like
2: even like even in their their quote legal practices, they are a cartel.
3: Yeah.
0: Can you though, like, just imagine the the cartoonized version of the English cartel?
2: <laughs> mm, well, uh, have his uh, have his head chopped off, and then bring me some tea.
0: Oh yes, Reginald.
3: Uh...
2: <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Uh, so he
1: began shipping things to Mexico, quote, or somewhere else. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Conveniently, some cases went missing and he ended up with some extra money during his, the shipment. He was never charged with a crime and skirted Canadian and American in somewhat impressive fashion.
2: lost law. law in that word.
1: Um, either way. Uh, also, his family um, bought the Joseph E. Seagram and Sons Company in 1928 as prohibition was beginning to wane. Which? His family still runs it today. Oh, crap. Yeah. Seagram's
3: is seagrams okay if you guys want to come up we can go over there one day they are in That's indiana
2: true. uh so there's a was a fantastic quote in this that i couldn't figure out how to work into the actual thing but i knew i could say it uh his son edgar uh bronfen bronfman uh took over the company and they were interviewing about his father's past and they were very coy about some of his legal leg- legality of some of the stuff he did but uh when they mentioned like someone sold you Seagram's in 1928, and he just like yeah, they asked why someone would do that 1928. He just answered "Goyim," <laughs> which is a uh, 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 Yiddish for uh, non-Jew.
0: <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Oh.
3: Wow. Uh, so Seagram's on... is within spitting distance of us. Like seriously, within 20 minutes drive.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, one of the one of the distilleries. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's it actually is... the facility where they pr- most of the is it non rye or rye? I can't rye is specific to they produce like so mash. Rye in is Indiana? weird because yes. if it's
2: in Canada. Uh, rye has a different meaning than it does in America.
3: Hmm. Mm. It's one of the like a lot of the well whiskeys and well bourbons. A lot of them are actually produced at this facility. And is yeah. it in Indiana? Yeah. Uh yeah, it's L- Lawrenceburg. Also, yeah, I So what
0: what that is is a company that's actually called uh Midwest Grain Products. It's a yeah. distillery up there. They produce if if you've got they've got a few like straight rye um they've got a, a, some like rye recipes that even the big names, not even not even like the little one, um the the big names that are out there like selling heavy. So you're looking at like Bullet. Yeah. George Dickel one. Um, High West, uh, Redemption Rye, Templeton Rye; those are all produced right there in in that facility. And because their their rye production is second to none, um, they also have Seagram Seven, uh, which is a straight straight blended whiskey. But the the Seagram's group purchased that in
3: 1933. Yeah, it's uh, an impressive facility, and that's what I love about Lawrenceburg. You drive through it, and you just smell the rye coming off of I also
2: that. want to point out that the uh, the English company that he was acting as the middleman for for distribution, uh, the Distillers Company Limited, had bought brands like uh, uh, they were one of like basically the five families of uh, of distilling. Like they had Dewars, Johnny Walker. <laughs> um, wow, I'm trying to remember some of the other. They had a, they had a number of well known. Uh, uh, distillers under their belt at that point
3: jeez yeah johnny walker sorry that that was my nickname in college uh <laughs> professor because my last name is walker he at the right. time not he because didn't re-
2: of your not because of your love of scotch
3: he it did not know my been. affinity for whiskey at the time but as he got to know me he was like wow that nickname is really good but he always just called me johnny like from then. and people in the class and like people are coming up to me hey johnny and i'm like name
0: but welcome okay. to my world uh, yeah <laughs> fair enough
3: it's yeah. been a long time since someone's called me that but anyway
0: not all of the crime during this era was so genteel one of the first thoughts that come to your mind when you think of 1920s and prohibition is an epidemic of organized crime prohibition opened up a whole new revenue stream to the gangsters and opportunists looking to make a lot of cash quickly Quote, in New England, liquor came from ships anchored beyond the three-mile limit and ferried to shore by an enormous fleet of sailboats, skiffs, dinghies, rowboats, and even a few seaplanes.
2: This was called Rum Row.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. While, meanwhile, Philadelphians in the Delaware Valley chemical industry would take denatured alcohol produced under government permits for industrial use, completely legal, (sighs) take it renatured, diluted, and... Maybe even flavored. Go figure, right? Possibly with a little bit of juniper oil. And then sold, of course. The South took their moonshining to the next level and developed regional-specific styles of still. There's However... A, there's
2: a there's a list that's way too There's a list of like different types of pot stills they use that's too numerous to mention.
3: <laughs> Excellent. Okay, talking about pot stills real quick. I don't know if you all have started seeing this given our uh, activities recreationally. Um, Facebook has started putting ads to me about recreational pot stills that people like companies are selling, and I do not know how this is legal. So it's
0: legal in the U.S. to sell a pot still to distill water, to distill something like that. <laughs> okay. In the state of Kentucky, it is completely illegal to own a pot still. You can't even own it. Um, you can't. You can't own a still. You can't own a water distillation system unless it is for uh, the purposes of like being a chemistry lab or something like that. Um, So that's the only, that's the only way that you can own it. Now, other States, depending on where your ISP thinks you are and all that, (laughs) they can still market to you and you can still technically order online as long as the, the revenuers don't come and knock on your door.
3: Okay. Um, That makes sense. Our ISP is probably technically out of Ohio and that's how I'm getting these ads. Yeah
0: could be because i don't know what their i don't know what their laws are in ohio but technically the united states has no law against owning a still you just no matter what you can't so this is a big big uh misunderstanding in the the world of craft beer and craft spirits no matter what as an individual you are not allowed to distill any volume whatsoever of of distilled spirits um Does't matter if you are for personal use, no doesn't matter at all, and you are not allowed to do it, period
3: so okay, that it's not just the fact that they are uh, judging us as Kentuckians that maybe we have a love or an affinity for certain <laughs> kinds of clear alcohol.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not they're unsaid not that,
3: vodka that's not potato based.
0: There are plenty of Kentuckians that have uh, moonshine distills, uh, distilleries set up in their their basements, garages, behind their house. and uh, you
3: Three know,
2: miles away from their house, tangentially on their property, <laughs> hidden under camouflage.
3: Or in the Daniel yeah. Boone National Forest, which is yeah. also known for other things that come from the earth.
0: It ain't just alcohol. <laughs> so, no name high. captures the criminal side of Prohibition better than... Alface Scarface. <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: Alface. <laughs> L. <laughs>
0: Al- Scarface Capone. Alface. Head of an organization called the Outfit. I did not know that actually. Yeah, no. His the organization
2: the the criminal syndicate in uh um in Chicago was called the Outfit.
0: Oh. Capone ruled the liquor industry for Chicago for 7 7 years during Prohibition. He claimed that all I do is satisfy public demand. Which his claim that all I do is satisfy public demand rang hollow when you take into account his brutal methods for ensuring his dominance. Most famously, the St. Valentine's Day massacre was an attempt to kill his Northside rival, George Bugs Moran. While Moran wasn't present, his men killed seven, uh, that would be Scarface's men, Al Capone's men, killed seven members of Moran's gang. Capone eventually saw his downfall through, though he was caught and jailed for tax evasion rather than for his other criminal charges.
3: Yeah, that's that's how yeah, that's how they ended, ended up getting get him. need... You've gotta see the movies about this stuff. Oh my god. Uh, it's so
0: good. My my favorite is the um, the one that's set in Atlantic City with uh hmm. oh what's that? Yeah. Uh the miniseries from HBO I believe or maybe oh, Showtime. oh uh
2: uh Boardwalk, yes. Boardwalk Empire yeah
3: that's oh. my I favorite watched Boardwalk Empire does it spectacularly. I just want to be like, go find anything with De Niro that's like mob related. (laughs) And it always harkens back to this stuff because. Yeah. uh, Oh, my God.
2: Capone Capone is interesting because he he captures this this larger than life sort of idea of of this this criminal. Um, And he was caught by the time he was 33 yeah. Look at all the pictures you ever think of of Al Capone.
0: How old does he look? He is young. <laughs> Not He's that. Like 50 years old in some of those it looks
3: like. Yeah,
0: no, he is 30.
3: He lived a hard life and it was because of the industry he was in. I'm also sure the scar in his face. Yeah.
2: Oh my god.
1: It also makes syphilis. Me, yeah, that's true. Syphilis. It makes me think of um god this is horrible. The What We Do in the Shadows movie when uh what's his face is like uh the the poker one was like um, uh, I was turned a vampire when I was 16 and he obviously looks like he's like 45 yeah. <laughs> and um, he's like life was really hard at a 16 year old at the time <laughs> I <Yeah>. like, what? <laughs>
3: but no um, I'm just entranced by the stories of this. If you get a chance to look it up, I had to study it extensively in college but uh, the St. Valentine's Day massacre look up the photos of that like everything oh, with it to do with it. it is haunting.
2: They, they used to, to they sell don't. bricks from that wall as like oh I like would have bought memorabilia, them. like bullet hole filled bricks. It is.
0: I, this is this is horrible still, but there's there's a trade in in violent um, yeah memorabilia yeah memorabilia, yeah. I saw on Reddit somebody had posted the uh, Sarnayev student ID um, from the, the mm. Boston Marathon. Uh, oh God, bombing. Oh
3: my yeah, no, there apparently. This kind of stuff. But, when I was in uh, Scotland, and since I've been contacted otherwise, um, I was obviously shopping for a claymore, and they're like, y- "You want a claymore that's killed somebody?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like, "What?"
0: <laughs> like you can still see brain matter. I don't
3: know. Like that. Oh, it's so disturbing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. No. There's a whole.
2: I I could literally. You can write like. Well, people have and whole books on Capone and his. Oh whole, yeah,
3: there was whole thing. Also, yeah. when I was in Scotland, you can't get them here. Well, you probably could uh, very much more illegally. There's a massive trade for uh, Thompson submachine guns from this mm-hmm. era that is currently happening in Europe and in Britain, and you can get so, them so easy. I'm sure a lo- was, like the authentication of it is probably sketchy, but they are there are people wandering around just offering this crap up.
2: That so was one of the things that. Uh, that made this period of crime so terrifying uh, was that these were a lot of a lot of these people were people come you know, came back from the first from the Great War from World War One with military training. Plus, the Thompson submachine gun couldn't get sold to the the U.S. government as a uh, you know their their standard you know submachine gun, so they just started selling it to people. There weren't like. Assault weapon laws, which no. aren't now
0: either. Um,
2: so people were you like, can, just buying you can still
0: purchase. Uh, I know. A just saying, like, gun. They're about fourteen hundred bucks, but you can yeah. still get them. So yeah, like,
2: like but this and the uh, the the Browning automatic rifle, the BAR. Oh yeah, the bar. two of the two of like the center point guns. And like the cops didn't have guns like that. Oh yeah, they Those they are... were better prepared than the police were. It's why crime ran. It's one of the reasons crime ran rampant there.
0: Little
3: six Plus shooter revolvers a- got nothing on that. Yeah. yeah they had the
2: money to buy those things, though. So,
3: like, that's the Americana, like, going back to that era. That's what we're known for extremely are the Thompson submachine gun and the BAR. Holy mm-hmm. crap. It's like Bonnie and Clyde with the BAR. It's like you had a woman toting a bar. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, the kind of uh, sexy, the, let's, let's be Those
2: honest. and Bonnie and Clyde and like Dillinger, mm-hmm. I always associate much more with like the, the, the 30s and the Depression. So Bonnie and Clyde, they seem like, like heroes because they're robbing from those banks that took all of our monies.
3: Okay, we've brought a lot of this up, and I have to be the person to do this, to bring it back to Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, the Please inventor of the Thompson submachine gun was born and lived in Southgate, Kentucky, which is on the banks of the Ohio River. And mm-hmm. there's actually an Awesome nightclub down there that we've gone to a lot. It's the uh, Thompson House now. It's a pretty great place. And to add to it, my great grandfather was shot and left for dead in a ditch in Ohio oh. by Dillinger's gang. Oh, Jesus. He was a uh, state highwayman at the time. Oh, God. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> he See, didn't die from that. Did he, it, though? he was left for dead. He did not die then. Oh, there you go. if he well, did, better... then I would not be here.
2: Well, I didn't know if he had already reproduced at that point. Mm. Yeah. I do that
3: not that believe counts. he had. So the fact that he did not die from this encounter, uh, I am still here.
2: That's right, uh, Hugh Dillinger. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we
3: have to, we have to add edit a bleep that on that one because this
0: one definitely needs to be uh, at a playable black. at uh, you know <laughs> for the normal everyday. Form yeah,
3: I, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> okay
0: go ahead and write that in the show notes
2: (laughs) i can hear editing right now wrap this up
0: (laughs) all righty let's let's do that and let's wrap up here so so you can subscribe and get some great great resources at haveadrinkshow.com follow us at haveadrinkshow on twitter instagram and facebook Please remember to rate the show on iTunes to help spread the word. And if you're looking to subscribe to the YouTube videos that we talk about all the time, uh, you can do that by going to haveadrinkshow.com, scrolling down to the bottom, and clicking on our YouTube link.
3: Yes. That's a good way if you want to hear us unedited. Uh, We kind of go off the rails on those YouTube videos because Diamond Club is not an edited place, and we fully embrace our Diamond Club community in that aspect so if you want to hear us uh include all vulgarity that's where you need to be
2: Mm -hmm. see us purely unfiltered raw eddie
3: murphy style
2: um You can also tell us your favorite drink. Ask a question or leave some general feedback. Uh, Just use the email address, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. Please, we'd love to hear from you guys.
3: Oh, yeah. just uh, If you want to just tell us about an awesome beer you just discovered, local breweries, let us know. That's great. We want to hear all about it, and we'd love to shout it out. If you want to just brag about a brewery, we'll shout it out for you to Mm. our tens of people that listen. That's that's what we're pretending, right? Not that, true.
1: We're in the we're in the hundreds now. So. Don't
2: tell me that. I all it, right, only, it only works if I think there's only like six people listening.
1: We were up to and like, we know
0: them all by name.
1: Yeah. I think we're up to like 500 and some it's
0: subscribers.
2: Spi- it,
3: <laughs> we have violent yeah. spikes that have shot almost to a thousand. So. Uh, all joking and fun aside, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Uh, we love you all. Don't drink and drive. Lift, Uber. I mean, it's what we were doing yesterday. Mm, yes.
2: The only reason this podcast is being done in this long session is because we're all locked in our houses and unable to leave. <laughs>
3: Not going anywhere. And that lift yesterday was horrifying. It was. In
0: the amount of time or just the driver?
3: No, the, in the cost. Oh. oh. It took us like 14 bucks to get uptown to the stadium. It took us like. 40 to get back.
1: Yeah. Holy crap. No joke. Because yeah. the game had just let out and like Clifton on a Saturday night is not a good thing.
0: Three times uh, pricing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, so um be sure to check us out in another couple of weeks for the next audio episode. Remember, the next video episode will be this coming Sunday. Once again,
2: I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier.
3: I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Katie Price. See you next time. Bye guys.
2: Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.